Welcome to the Strut South Podcast. Today on the show, we talked to Ryan Matznick. He's a local guy, hunts here in Georgia. We met on social media. And he and I have a really great conversation. And we just kind of talk about all sorts of different things. Talk about hunting style. Talk about um, different hunting views and all different things regarding hunting and it was just a great episode hope you guys enjoy and check us out on facebook instagram twitter youtube you can get us all on there and just if you want to find the podcast anywhere else just google strut south podcast and you'll find it itunes stitcher TuneIn radio and anchor hope you guys enjoy And before before we get into the actual podcast, I wanted to let you guys know that I'm really sorry. Um, I want to apologize. I did not get an episode up last week. And like I told you guys before, I really, really want to be able to get an episode up every single week, especially during the season. Um, but last week, I just wasn't able to do it. But here we are the next week and it's time to get back on track so hope you guys enjoy the show and again i do apologize all right guys welcome to episode 15 today on the show we have ryan maxnick he is on here with us he's going to talk some deer hunting he's local guy he lives in georgia and uh just really been wanting to get some local hunters on here and talk hunting so what's up hey pretty good ryan how are you i'm good i'm good it's uh it's pretty cool to meet somebody else with the same name yeah we're gonna get the (laughs) ryan and ryan show today that's right um so so ryan tell us a little bit about you and kind of what you've uh how you got into hunting i guess and all that good stuff. so i grew up in uh in douglasville and uh, back when Douglasville was the country, and uh, my dad was a big <laughs> hunter, we moved down here from Michigan. My grandparents had some land up there, and of course, hunting was a big family event for us. And uh, he got hooked up with a guy, and they actually leased land out in Talaferro County, which is a long way from Douglasville. But we used to drive out there every weekend, and we'd spend our weekends out there hunting during hunting season. And and that's what we did when I was a kid. And uh, as I got into high school, I kind of got out of hunting for a while and uh i actually went and, and did a lot of fishing and then i went and did a lot of saltwater fishing and as i became an adult i really uh really missed being in the woods and, and missed hunting so so i started getting back into hunting um i went away to college and moved back here now i live in dallas and you know i get to hunt locally around paulding county here and uh i've got a, a small tract of land that i get to hunt down south in lawrence county so that's kind of what I do for deer season. Um, I saw that you had an episode not too long ago about hunting small tracks, and that's kind of what I get to do is hunt fairly small tracks of land. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's about the uh, scenario, I guess, for the majority of the hunting world. Um, not a lot of people get to get to hunt big, big, huge properties that are you know thousands of acres. Um, so how how i guess we'll start out and we'll just talk about how your season's going yeah so uh um i i was kind of stoked i uh i went down to lawrence county for the preseason and uh 
put out a camera and set myself up a new stand. Uh, I'm on the back side of a farm. And uh, they told me that nobody had hunted back where I was in about 10 years. I'm, I'm down in a swamp. Um, so I, uh, I spent day one or the morning of day one hunting that stand. The wind kind of shifted. So I got out of there for, for Saturday afternoon and Sunday went hunted a different location. But, you know, I'm seeing deer. It's always exciting to see deer. And, and that's something that I really enjoy is just sitting in the stand and watching deer and observing their behavior and uh, seeing how, how they function and what they do. And that provides you so much insight into how to hunt deer. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, um, when you actually get the opportunity to start seeing a lot of deer or multiple deer, if you really just sit and watch and study them, you, you can, you can learn a lot. Sure. So I'll tell you a really cool story about my son. My son is 18. He has never harvested a deer and he's getting to hunt with me here in Paulding County a little bit. And uh, we've got a bunch of deer on camera and, and I've gone through and sort of said, you know, you, you can shoot these deer. You can't shoot these deer. These deer here are kind of a gray area because it's your first deer. I'll give you a free pass and you can, you can pretty well shoot what you want inside of this, this area. And, uh, he sends me a text a couple of weeks ago. He was bow hunting out there and sends me a text and, and a doe and a fawn had walked up and I said, you can't shoot the doe and the fawn. And he says, man, just watching these deer is the coolest thing ever. And he had that click. <laughs> he had that click in his mind, you know, that, that when the pressure is off to shoot and when you don't have to shoot to be successful, um, man, it's a lot of fun to watch deer. So rifle season fires up and, and Saturday he's out hunting and, and the doe and the fawn walk out. We've seen them a bunch and 10, 15 minutes later, a buck walks out and he gets his binoculars out and looks at it. And it was a spike. And he's telling me about it. I said, well, you know, why didn't you shoot the spike? You know, I'll give you a pass on your first deer. And he said, it's only a spike. It needs to have a chance to grow up. So he's already set that standard for himself of, I'm going to make that decision to shoot or not shoot so I can just enjoy the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, it's really great. It's always good when you, uh, when you can let them deer go and let them grow. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I, I guess the deer gets to grow up with the kid kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be a cool story just to, let it let you know the his his first deer let alone first buck but first deer let him it would almost be kind of sad in a way <laughs> after after the end you know because it's like if you were to have a kid first time going hunting and he watched a deer for two three four or five years and finally be able to harvest him I mean that would be a really awesome story. It'd be it'd be pretty special. Sure. That's something to think about. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I suspect he'll pull the trigger on one at some point this year. Um, but you know, that's one of the uh I, I guess that's an advantage and a disadvantage to technology, you know. When I was a kid we went out and we looked for scrapes and droppings and rubs and tracks and, and signs of deer. And now in the modern age here we we've got cameras and now we've got cameras that'll you know, text your cell phone directly. Um, now we, we don't only know that there are deer there, but we know what deer are there. 
and we can yeah. identify them and we can even identify them year to year. So, so the scouting process, the reconnaissance process, if you will, <clears throat> is completely different than what it was when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, it, it, even when I was a kid, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going on 30 years old now. And even when I started, I mean, trail cameras really weren't that big. Um, they were just starting to come out, but, and I remember, you know, when they first started coming out and people were able to buy them and stuff, everybody was, everybody I knew, they were like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. We're going to finally get to see all these monsters that we got. <laughs> and there's no telling what we're going to get on this camera. And, and it kind of, <laughs> it was kind of a bummer because we're, you, you really didn't have as many big deer as you thought you did. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know, the other side of that is, um, Deer don't get big by eating corn in front of cameras. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, speaking of cameras, I mean, in a way, and we we talked about this, uh, me and um, me and Philip, and he's another guy that's on our, on our team, and he was hunting a deer. Um, the deer ended up being 153 inches, I believe, and somebody else shot him on a different property and and i had a similar situation i was hunting a deer several years ago two years ago now when he got shot he ended up being 180 inches wow and uh but it was it was kind of the same story i hunted him for a whole year followed him on my camera all this stuff and then the next year he didn't really show up a bunch and then the neighbors shot him which I wasn't upset about that. I mean, I was upset I didn't kill him, but I was glad somebody did. Sure. I, and then, and then, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm about to say I'm working that exact same situation right now. Um, yeah. You know, I get to hunt a 25 acre plot here in Paulding, and uh, I've got a, a a pretty large deer on camera. Um, and because it's such a small piece of property, I know that the neighbor hunts. Um, you know, maybe the neighbor will get him, maybe he won't. Um, maybe I'll get him, maybe I won't. But uh, he's there, we know he's there, and, you know, 25 acres, just not enough enough dirt to hold hold deer, so they, they just move in and out of that property, and we'll see what happens. We'll see if, we, if he shows up back on camera next year. Yeah, awesome. Maybe you can get him. Uh, but that's, and that's what I was going to say, you know, about cameras. I, I even had, I had a, the exact similar situation, you know, that deer I was hunting, he ended up getting shot. And then Phil, the Philip, that deer he was hunting, he ended up getting shot after he hunted him for a whole year last year. And I asked him, I said, you know, now that that deer's gone, I mean, I know you're bummed out, but I said, you probably, you kind of feel relieved too, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I kind of do. And, but that's what I was going to say, you know, one thing about cameras um, they are great tools, but they can also, they can also kind of hinder you a little bit and make you kind of focus a little too hard. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's what we were talking about. Me and Philip, you know, he was like, you know, I'm kind of relieved cause now I can just, I don't have to worry about that one deer. Sure. And every time I hear something in the woods, I think it's him, you know? Well, and you know, cameras have <clears> sort of, <throat> they've given rise to this concept of the hit list. Now that I know what's out there, I'm going to go 
go look for that. And I think that, you know, I am all about herd management. I am all about uh, letting deer get mature. Um, I firmly believe if you, if you let deer get mature, that getting big is a, uh, that's a benefit. That That's just sort of, sort of the natural thing that happens. Um, yeah, it's going to take care of itself. But yeah, knowing every deer that's out there now sort of takes some of the joy out of seeing what walks up, what's coming through the woods. I remember the, the yeah. first buck I ever saw, I thought it was a monster. In retrospect, it was a seven point, um, probably a year and a half old deer. But man, I was so excited to finally see that deer that had that, that set of antlers on his head. Um, now, you know, we, yeah. we flip through 800 pictures and go, oh, there's this one and that one and this one and that one. Yep, you're right. It can be a, uh, I feel like it, it does take take away some, um, but they are awesome tools. And, and you know, you were talking on technology. I, I kind of think if if we use the, the new technology, and, and every year there's always something else that's coming out that can help you but if we use it the right way i think it can make us better hunters sure um and that's that's one thing i've always i've always thought about you know i kind of wish or not wish but i hope that people still try to hunt you know you know to the back to their roots Mm -hmm. to where or well my roots i guess because i mean that's the way i grew up and learned how to hunt it wasn't necessarily look at your cameras or, you know, do all this. It was, you need to walk, find you some, you know, find sign, find deer sign, all that stuff. And that's the one hope I have. And even now this year, as you know, the baiting is legal now, Mm -hmm. which I think, in my opinion, I think it's great. It can be, it can be really great for deer and, and hunters and everybody, but I just, I don't want it to make people get lazy yeah so i have a really mixed take on on baiting and i'll tell you why um i do get to hunt the midwest pretty frequently where they do a lot of baiting um and and it's kind of cool but i learned a lot about baiting from being out in the midwest and i think one of the misconceptions is i'm going to put out a pile of corn and 14 giant deer are going to show up and i'm going to get to figure out which one i want to take and that is just not the way baiting works um, you know, I, I will tell you, this is how I utilize it. And of course, I'm sure everybody's got a strategy and I'm not saying that mine's the best. I'm just telling you that's how I do it. When I, when I bait, I try to bait on a travel way because I don't want yeah. the bait pile to be a point of destination necessarily. I want it to be a stopover point between where the deer are and where they're going. So right. they might sort of hang out there a little bit. Um, and I will tell you this, I'm also a big advocate of just throwing corn on the ground as opposed to building feeders. And that's something else I learned about Midwest, um, is when, when the rut starts to roll around, most of those, those guys who, who hunt deer in the Midwest take their feeders and they, they get rid of them. They put corn directly on the ground because now you've got transient deer running through that area and you don't want bucks running through that area to get spooked by the feeder. Right. Makes a lot of sense. I know. I mean, we we started feeding this year, um, and we uh, it was feed. You know, it's, it's, the name of it is buck muscle, sure. and we had to um, 
we had to put you have to put it in the feeder i mean you don't have to if you got deer there and they eat it fast enough then you're good but it can't get wet right. so and i mean it does it, it it'll take it'll take some time for those deer to get used to those feeders especially if they've never been fed out of them before so yeah i'm in the security business i'll just sort of bring that up um i've been doing that for 25 years and and i've been been in home security and you know we've been protecting homes for 25 years and and when people come into their house they know if something's not right um i actually had a neighbor that got broken into and so what she said she said i came in and i couldn't place it but something wasn't right and deer are kind of the same way when you're in the woods you're in their home and they know yep. when something's not right they may not be able to to pinpoint it immediately but those deer know when there's something different in the woods Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. I mean, and, and it's funny you say that cause we're on episode 15 now and I would do, I, I, I really think at least half of the episodes, everybody that I've had on this podcast, we've, we've, they've all said the same thing, you know, deer are, and I've said it a lot too. Deer are a lot like we are. I mean, they're, they're, they do a lot of the same things that we do. Sure. And, you know, it, in some ways that's good for the hunter because deer are creatures of habit. Um, every couple hours they want to get up, they <clears> want to <throat> move around, they want to go eat, they want to go back to bed. Um, so, so we can sort of, if we can pinpoint those tendencies in the deer, we can hunt them. But the other side of that, though, is, is deer have an instinct that we just don't have in terms of, of the depth of it. And, you know, if we're in their space or they catch a, a whiff of something that's not right, they know it pretty quick, and uh, once they associate that with danger, it can be really difficult to get them back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll kind of switch gears here a little bit, and when what's, – wait, what's today? Today is the 23rd. We're recording this. This is going to come out on the 26th, I believe. It'll come out Thursday. So – what um <clears throat> what are kind of some of the things that you're seeing right now in your area where you're hunting as far as like deer activity, so, rut activity, all that stuff? Sure. So um we actually saw the big deer that I've got on camera, he was bumping does um two weeks ago. Now he wasn't chasing them hard, but he was just kind of bumping them and pushing them around a little bit. So that yeah. that's going on. Um, I hunted last week a little bit, hit the rattle bag, and uh, the does were clearly not ready because I hit the rattle bag and a couple does popped up in a field and took off. So uh, they weren't weren't looking for that. But I've got lots of my older bucks, my my larger bucks that I've got on camera are mostly moving at night right now. That could be because mm -hmm. of the phase of the moon that we're in. Um, they may may be forced to move a little bit during the middle of the day, as the uh, as the moon wanes and and moves toward a new moon here in a couple of weeks. But uh, right now, my my bigger deer are moving more at night. I've got lots of does and and some younger bucks um, moving during the day. So it looks like they're probably uh, they're going to start to gear up for the rut here pretty quick and. Uh, Things will start to get get crazy. Yeah, I I think uh, it's it's about the same here. I think um, 
and I'm oh gosh, I don't know how far it is from from here to Douglasville. Um, it's not super. Far. It's several. Yeah, it's several counties. Sure. Um, but and that's kind of the way they're acting here. I mean, they're they you can tell they're kind of starting to feel it, and some some of our bucks, especially like I just shot a deer yesterday and the day before I hunted uh, and saw three smaller bucks. Some of our some of my bucks on that particular property, they're still kind of they're still kind of in that feeding. Mm-hmm zone but they're still you know they they're starting to make scrapes and they're checking them and uh but one thing i wanted to say you you brought it up talking about you know deer bumping does and stuff like that um i i think there's a huge and i don't i don't mean to you know bash anybody i'm not trying to say well you're wrong or nothing like that but i i think that there's a really big misconception of bucks chasing does. Um, cause, and I, and it does, it depends on the, the area that you're in, the region of the country that you're in. But I don't, I don't think people understand that bucks are, they're always ready sure. to breed. It, I don't, I don't care if it was July if he had a hot doe, he would be chasing them. Absolutely. But I just, I don't think, and, and, and bucks do that a lot. You know, they, they'll bump does or they'll even bump other bucks, even, even in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, whether it's actually them chasing to, you know, to get, you know, to do their thing and, you know, they think it's the time for breeding we we may not ever know that but because the prime perfect example i saw a buck uh i want to say it was i want to say it was the opening weekend of bow season and it was a little buck seven pointer and i sat there and watched him for a while and then he walked off and went out into the pasture and there's a doe standing out there and I look over and I see the doe and then he appears and then he just all of a sudden just straight at her, just runs right at her. Yep. And then she circles and he keeps on chasing her and she runs off. Now, I don't think he was actually chasing. I think he was just doing that maybe because he's just a dominant deer and he was just, he just didn't want another deer to be around. But I just, I think there's sometimes you get a, you get a, a ske- very skewed opinion on bucks chasing. Sure, and there's a lot of science that supports what you're saying, and you're right. Bucks will breed year-round if, if they're given the, the ability and the opportunity. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of science behind that, that bucks will bump, and, and they'll kind of chase year-round, and you're absolutely right. They'll bump other bucks yeah. off. Um, I'll tell you a, a real quick story about that. This was kind of post-rut. Um a couple of years ago, I was out in Kansas, and I was hunting over a field of CRP, and for, for those back east here that don't know what CRP is, it's big brown grass that's about waist high that they plant everywhere, and I didn't have, yeah, yeah. Didn't have any idea to how to hunt it, what it was. Somebody just, you know, I was hunting out there, and they put me in a stand overlooking this giant field of dead grass. I had no idea what to do with this thing, so I just <clears> sat there. But when the deer started to show up, they started to pop up out of the CRP and they started coming to a corn pile. And the very first one that showed up 
was a little spike or maybe a little four point. And he, he stood there for a minute and all of a sudden he just took off. And I was like, what in the world just happened here? And then a little eight point showed up behind him. And what had happened was that little eight point, and I say little, he's probably a hundred inch deer, probably a two year old deer, um, had pushed that spike off. And I watched him for, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes. He just kind of hung out. And all of a sudden his ears went up and he looked around and he bolted. And I was like, oh, this, this may get interesting. And the next thing that happened was I saw a giant rack and I saw nothing but antlers coming through the CRP. And a big old deer had bumped that one off. So, so there's clearly a hierarchy. Um, and bucks will use that aggressive behavior to push other deer, bucks and does around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've, and I've, I've had it happen to me before. Uh, first, first buck I ever killed with a bow. I shot him on September the 30th. Funny how and, you remember that, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I got a list. I, I, every, every time I kill a deer, I write, and that's quick, quick, uh, I guess you could say semi pro tip. <laughs> because you you'll you'll thank yourself later on every deer you kill write it down yeah i remember a long time ago uh, old timer he told me he said he said you know you might remember it now he said but once you get you know 60 70 years old like me you won't he said so write it down and so now every time i shoot a deer i write down where i killed it at what how big it was what time i shot it what i shot it with all that stuff so i mean as soon as you see that if you go back and look at your list as soon as you see it you'll instantly know what deer it was and you can replay the whole hunt back in your head sure and of course but since, since um, you record a lot of your hunts you have that uh have that <clears throat> ability anyway yeah yeah well we try our best to record them um uh, but uh but yeah, that buck, man, the first deer I ever killed, he, I had two does out in the food plot and they were standing in front of me and I was debating on shooting them, shooting one of them. And, uh, so then all of a sudden I hear this walking in the woods right behind me and I'm like, that's a deer. I know it's another deer. And all of a sudden I hear Mac, Mac, and he comes out jumps there's like a old fence right there in the woods he jumps over the fence runs out in the food plot and is grunting and pushes those does out of the food plot and as soon as they go in the woods he comes back out and he goes to eating yep i don't think he was chasing but he was definitely grunting at those does and pushing them um but yeah and you uh you you spoke earlier you you mentioned something briefly about the moon and uh, I, I gotta say these last, now I've never been a huge hunt by the moon guy. I, I know a lot of people swear by it and they talk about, well, oh, that's all that matters. Just hunt the moon, hunt the moon. And th that is true to some extent, but I think it, it has a lot to do with everything else, including the moon. I think the moon can help you. I think it just in, in, it enhances everything else. Like if you if your barometric pressure's right, your temperature's right, all that other good stuff. If you got a full moon with that, I think it increases your chances of seeing deer. Um, 
because and I've always heard if you hear if anybody out there and Ryan if you do I don't know if you follow Jury Outdoors they um they always talk about when the moon's full hunt five days before the full moon and five days after the full moon and in the the five days leading up to the full moon is usually I want to say I think it's usually better for morning time hunting and the five days after is better for evening time so I haven't really heard that necessarily not that that's not true um I sort of I do agree with you I use the moon as a tool um I may use it a little differently in that deer deer will get up and move around for some amount of time about every two hours so when the yeah. moon is full, they like to move at night because they they've got darkness on their side. You know, they're a prey animal. They want it to uh, they want to be hidden as much as they can. Um, so typically on full moons, I try to hunt more in the middle of the day because the deer will yeah. utilize that light super early in the morning, five six o'clock. Um, so you know, you let them lay down for two or three hours, nine ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. They'll look to get up and move again. Um, so I try to hunt midday, and a lot of times what I will do, especially post-rut, um, is I will go in the woods at about 10 in the morning, and I'll just sit till dark. Mm-hmm. I, I, won't, I won't crawl out of bed at the crack of dawn. I, I'll sleep in a little bit and get up and have my coffee, and you know, then I'll go into the woods about 10 o'clock, and I'll just sit until dark, um, especially if it's, if it's a full moon phase. But, yeah, that's a tactic that I use a lot of times post run yeah um and I, it's funny i was i was gonna bring this up earlier you said something about hunting rut time of the year and this is gonna probably sound like a sacrilege to a lot of your listeners but there's a lot of years that i don't even hunt till it gets cold um there's a lot of years i don't even go in the woods till november i just yeah don't don't hunt the rut at all i, I wait till the deer are back on a feeding pattern and, and hunt the feeding pattern yeah yeah um uh, i mean well, actually, I think it's great. I mean, I, I mean, I, I 100% believe you uh, on your tactic of hunting the moon. And, I mean, my view's a little bit different, but I think it's great that we have different opinions on it. Um, sure. Now, the thing I'll say about the, uh, the hunting the five days before and the five days after, um, the, the, they base it off of, what the moon is doing during that time. Now, I know this full moon, it's actually, I think today is the full moon, October 23rd, maybe tomorrow. But the way they figure that up is if the moon is full, and I think it's actually the opposite of what I said first, I think it's hunt the evenings before the full moon and then hunt the mornings after. Either way, if the full moon is, if it's a rising moon in the evening time, when that moon is present during daylight hours, they say that that really makes deer get up and move. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to go to that. Um, I had some really good success a couple years ago in Kansas um, hunting the rising moon. The moon, uh, the rise was somewhere at 2.30 in the afternoon. And, you know, some people may not know that, you know, look at your – at your hunt stand app or one of your other uh one of your other hunting apps 
but that moonrise can really play into when deer will get up and move. And, and I think a lot, you know, sort of our, our, our education says that, well, you know, the moon shows up at night and the sun's there during the day, but a lot of times that moon will rise somewhere in the middle of the afternoon and you'll have visibility of that moon and that will, uh, that will trigger the deer to get up and move. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and that's why I was, you know, kind of ex- the last three days, I didn't hunt today. I hunted, let's see, October, October 20th. I hunted that evening. I shot a doe. Saw three deer. Some people are like, well, only three deer. But in, in my area, if you see three deer, that's that's pretty good. Um, saw three deer that day. Then the 21st, I saw three deer, which were all bucks. And then the 22nd is the day that I, I shot my deer. And all three days, the moon was rising in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, and it, and it was, it was near full. So as I'm sitting mm-hmm. there, I can see the moon. And I mean, I don't know if there's, to me, proof there. I mean, plus the temperature was right. Sure. We just, we just had a cold front. Uh, Sunday was actually the best day and that was the day that I shot no Saturday I shot the doe Sunday was the day I saw the three bucks and that was the coldest day and then so it, it kind of and it goes back to what I was saying before it, it all lined up you know like we had a cold front so it was cold the barometric pressure was up really high and it was becoming a full moon and it was rising in the evening. So I think that really is what made all those deer get up on their feet. So did you guys get rain Sunday? Uh, Sunday, we did not get rain okay. Sunday. I hunted in Lawrence County on Sunday and about three o'clock it rained cats, dogs, and bullfrogs. Um, and it, it poured. I sat out in it for an hour or so. And, uh, it, it rained hard and, and it stopped about 15, 20 minutes after it stopped, you know, you, you start to hear the woods start to wake up, the birds start to chirp and, you know, the squirrels may come out and, and sure enough, that rain stopped and, uh, the front moved through and here came the deer. Hmm. I don't, yeah, it didn't, it didn't rain. I think it rained here on maybe Friday evening, maybe Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got any rain Sunday. Um, you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. I said Sunday, but it was Saturday that rain showed up. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the front the front actually blew in Saturday night. I expected Sunday After, morning to be a, a fantastic thing, and I kind of had a bust on Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning the wind was blowing like crazy. Here anyway, and it, it was cold. It was really cold, but the wind was the wind was it was up there. Um, so let's talk about we'll talk about that buck that you you're after. Um, what are your kind of kind of I guess kind of explain that deer and uh, kind of I guess how are you how are you planning on hunting him? So he's a really interesting deer. Um, And I'll tell you, this is the first year that I've had him on camera, and I've got a real, 
all I have is a nighttime clip of him. And you can see his full rack for just a split second in the clip. And then you get a really good look at his right side. Um, I'm not sure if he's an eight or a 10 because he's walking directly at the camera. Um, and and I, I hate to throw out numbers. I, I really hate it. Um, I will, but just to sort of put in perspective, he is at least a 140 class deer. He's a, he's a big deer, but there's an interesting story to that deer. Um, where I hunt as the crow flies is only about 400 yards from my house. So last year I, I shot a, a nice eight point off that piece of property. And, uh, my son gets to hunt it with me and, and he's 18. So last year he was a 17 year old hunter and, and, he wanted to go out and hunt. So one Sunday morning, he's, uh, he's out hunting and, and I woke up about seven 30 and I just had that feeling and, and, and I'm laying in bed, had my eyes hadn't been open for less than two minutes. And I heard the very distinct sound of a 30, 30 go off. So of course I picked up the phone. I'm start texting. Was that you? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that was me. Did you get him? He's like, no, I don't think so. I think I missed him. So turns out he did miss him. Um, but I'm telling you that part to tell you this part. I had passed up a different buck in that same area that was bigger than the buck I had shot. Um, because I, I was hunting down south and I wanted to, to have a shot at a, at a really nice buck. And so I wasn't going to blow that other buck tag. So when I was talking to my son, he said, Dad, this deer, it wasn't the deer we saw. It had a lot of mass. And I'm, I'm listening to a 17-year-old kid who's never shot a deer. And I'm like, okay, what does a lot of mass mean to him? You know, I, I don't know what that means. And, and he kept saying, this deer had a lot of mass. This deer had a lot of mass. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. So we uh, then, then uh, you know, year goes by. And, and I get this, this eight or ten seconds of video of this deer. Um, and it's all in the middle of the night and, and, you know, I, you can see what you can see, but it's not as fantastic as I'd like it. And my son's looking at his name, Zach and, and Zach says, you know what? I think that's that deer. And he said, I can't really tell cause we can't see it all, but I think that that's that deer. So a couple weeks ago, he was going out to, uh, to check, check camera. And one of our cameras sets right up against a fence line and that fence line butts up to a pasture and mm -hmm. he uh he's walking down the property line and he sends me a text he said that big deer is in this pasture bumping a doe i'm watching them they're only 30 yards from me that's the deer that i missed last year i know it that's that deer that i missed he said i can tell that's the deer so in the past two weeks, that guy's been out in the pasture bumping does. I've got a picture of him at night, and, you know, my son saw him right at dark. It was too dark for him to shoot any video of it, but it was light enough he still could have shot, except he was on the wrong side of the property line. Mm. So that, that's kind of the, the one that we're after. Um, just out of the blue last week, I just had a phantom nine point show up out of nowhere. No idea where that deer came from. Haven't seen him all year. Don't have any other pictures of him. He just showed up about seven thirty one night on a camera. Yeah. So, so you only got you only had one picture of him. Uh, that big deer, yeah. I've only got one video of him. I've got two two eyewitness sightings and a video. 
Oh no, I, was, I mean of the oh the, the nine pointer, the yeah. nine pointer. Yeah, that's it. He showed up. I've got some video. Um, he looked right at the camera, gave me a a nice pretty shot, and got a nice head shot. Hmm. But haven't seen that deer ever. Yeah, no idea huh. where he came from. Well, I mean, I know, I know, you know. Every, now is about the time when you do start seeing you know new bucks show up on your property um it is kind of odd though that you only got one picture of him though most of the time most of the time every property i've ever hunted it's been you know you got your three or four or however many bucks during your summer and they're there you know july august september october and mm-hmm. then usually about middle of october you finally have a new buck show up, then another new buck, and then another new buck. But those, you know, properties I've been hunting, you know, they'll stay there, and you'll you'll get pictures of them. Probably not a bunch, but you'll get them, you know, every day or every few days. Yeah. So I do have some of those. Um, I've got a couple of small bucks that are hanging out in a bachelor group, or at least they were. But they look like they're probably. Uh, there may be one or two of them that are two year olds, but I would suspect they're all year and a half deer. There's a, yeah. a there's a four pointer. Um, there's that spike that that my son saw last week or Saturday. Um, so I've got I do have a a sort of core group core bachelor group of bucks, and then I've got yeah these two that just sort of hung out and done their own thing, and one that showed up out of nowhere. Hmm. The property I hunted where I killed that deer yesterday. It um. Now that deer was was somewhat new. Um, I had pictures of a couple of eight pointers, a couple of small eight pointers, and then a seven. And the seven pointer, I was actually considering shooting him. He was he's not a giant, but he was just a really cool looking, unique deer. And I ended up seeing him three, three or four times. And I was like, yeah, you know, there's no, if I'm going to let him, if I hadn't shot him now, then there's no point in me shooting him. And, uh, and then the deer that I shot yesterday, big, huge, mature seven pointer. Um, he showed up maybe the first, right at the end of the first week of October, and had no daylight pictures of him, none whatsoever. And but we already had a stand hung in a certain spot, and we knew that deer bedded in front of where the stand is. Like, I mean, it's it's super super thick. Like you can't, you, you really can't even walk through it. It's so thick. Mm-hmm. And there's a creek right in front of it, and then right on the other side of the creek. It used to be, but it's it, it's grown up over the last ten years, and it's just nothing but brush and briars, and it is super thick, kind of swampy, and and that's where that deer was that I shot. We we knew it was a bedding area. I didn't know that he was bedding right there in that particular spot, but it just so happened he was bedding basically right in front of the stand, and 
that's why I killed so him. So the piece of property that I hunt is 25 acres, of which a large part of it is is pasture. And there is actually a section that's very much what you describe. It's just thick, nasty. You can't hardly walk through it. I've tried. Um, I actually did walk through it one day trying to find if there was any place at all in there I could hunt. And you can't see more than 10 or 12 feet in any direction. Um, and then there's a, an open set of hardwoods that, that opens up down into a bottom, drops a lot of acorns. So I usually hunt in that, uh, in that set of hardwoods and hunt the acorns. Um, now where my son was hunting was actually, you could almost draw a square around that thick briary stuff. And there's a lane that runs around it. And he was actually hunting in that lane around the briary stuff. And that's where, uh, where he's been seeing the deer but uh something kind of interesting about deer deer i think there's a misconception deer don't have a huge home range they will move especially when the rut's on they will move but you know for your listeners if you're hunting a big deer and you've got multiple pictures of that deer you've seen that deer and you know that that deer is in that area chances are he lives in that area and you could probably drop a thumbtack on your property and go 400 yards in any direction, draw a big circle around it. And in that 800 yard circle, you could probably find that deer. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, that's something to keep in mind, I guess. Um, just be cognizant sort of back to our conversation about deer know what's in their home. You know, if you're hunting one of those big bucks and, and you sort of remember, Hey, every time I step foot on this property, that deer is probably within 800 yards of here. Um, that probably changed the way you hunt just a little bit to understand that he knows yeah. you're there. Yeah. And, and I, I'll say this, I agree completely. If you're getting pictures of a buck, especially if you're getting daylight. Now, if you're getting nighttime pictures, I, I think you have to kind of look at it as daytime pictures and a lot of them. Yes. He's, he's probably that close like you're saying now nighttime may be a little different or it still be could it still could be true he's still staying really close but you will have some of those deer that will confuse you um they they say and i've always heard i, we, I still don't think we know if it's 100 percent true but they say a deer a buck's home range is usually one square mile but if you think about it, one square mile is really not that big. 660 of an area. acres. Yeah. And it is, it is hard. That's, that's pretty good that you came. <laughs> that you, I couldn't, I couldn't figure that out that quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's good to know from now on. Um, but. That's my my opinion on it is you will have some deer that are going to confuse you like the deer that I was telling you about the one that Philip was hunting he um that deer got killed seven was it seventeen yeah seventeen hundred yards away from where he was getting pictures of now him was at. that a rut deer um uh i don't think so because he he shot him about a week okay ago. okay all right so this was this year yeah yeah it was it just okay, happened right. this year um 
uh, yeah, we actually did a little piece on that deer, you know, early back during the summer, we were talking about the deer and, you know, getting ready for him and all, um, on our, on our Facebook page. Um, and he, he's, you should go check him out. Any, in any listeners, y'all go check him out. The guy, the, I mean, we don't want to take credit for the deer. We didn't kill him, but he's just a unique deer. He had like 15 or 16 points, and, but, um, but yeah, he, he got shot seven, 1700 yards from where, but after we, once, once he got shot, Philip talked to the guy that shot him. We realized where he was living and he was actually living on a pe on a little bitty piece of, on a little bitty chunk of woods right in between Philip and the other guy that mm-hmm. shot the deer. And it really wasn't that much of an area. So, and then, and that deer that I killed, um, the deer that I, well, not the deer that I killed. I didn't kill him. The deer that I hunted, the 180 inch deer, he got shot. I want to say it was almost one mile from where I was hunting him at. Now I hunted him in 2016 2017 he got shot but 2016 i got a lot of pictures of him like almost every day and so i knew he was bedding close and they were a lot of daylights now 2017 rolls around i didn't get i got eight pictures of that deer in august and then he was invisible never got another picture of him so what he actually did was i think he just shifted his home and and they say a lot of times bucks will do that too, especially as they get yeah, older. Uh, that yeah, that's but, true. Um, and they may get run out of their home by a more dominant buck. And I was going to sort of bring that up. You may have pictures <clears throat> of a deer, and let's let's just hypothetically say that that you've got pictures of an eight or ten point, and it looks like a really solid deer, but it may not be the dominant deer in that area. So when the rut starts to uh, starts to heat up the dominant deer that you may not have any pictures of may push that deer out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter. The size of the rack really, it, it's more about the mentality of mm-hmm. the buck. I think more than rack. Cause I had that, that deer right there, um, that 180 inch deer, he, the year I was hunting him, he was, he was 160. Mm-hmm. And I had another buck, that was always there every day as well. And it was a 10 pointer. Now this, this, that 180 inch deer, he was, I think he had 16 points and he was, you know, giant, but the 10 pointer, he, he might've been a 125, maybe a 130, 10 pointer, but I believe he was a six or seven year old deer. The, the other deer, the big deer, he was only a five-year-old when he got killed. Mm-hmm. So, but that 10, I got pictures of him running that big deer off. Mm-hmm. Like he would run him away from the bait. So pile. last year I hunted a deer in Kansas um, that had been on, on camera for several years. Um, and I didn't, I ended up passing on this deer for a lot of reasons. He was a really interesting deer, but, 
he was, as best we could tell, a six or seven year old six point. Um, had no brow mm-hmm. tines, massive deer, well over 300 pounds, huge body. And I watched that deer for probably 45 minutes one night, but he, he pretty well bullied all the other deer in the area, you know, and, and a deer doesn't care how big its antlers are. Deer don't have mirrors. They don't get up in the morning and look, they don't know what they know is they yeah. use their body strength to push one another around and establish dominance. Um, and this was just a great big deer, probably six or seven years old. Um, like I said, only a six point had always only been a six point, but he bullied every other deer in the area. He pushed them all around. Yeah. You Now, I know this is completely off topic, but I think we'll talk, we'll, we'll kind of, I'll kind of mention this and uh, we'll kind of start wrapping right. it up. Um, you mentioned rack size and deer don't know their rack size. Uh, and which is true. I mean, they don't, they don't know that they've got 12 points and they're 150 inches, but I, I did a podcast and I referenced it a lot. I did a podcast with um, Bronson Strickland. He's a wildlife biologist mm-hmm. at Mississippi State University. And anybody that's listening, y'all go check there. They have a podcast of their own. It's called Deer Lab. And uh, or th- I think it's MSU Deer Lab. I'm not sure. But they got a great podcast. And they talk about more of the biological side of deer. And uh, they were talking about a... They they had this one podcast where they did a study on um, how how the breeding cycle works, and they were everybody's always assuming you know the buck is the one that chooses the doe, and but they actually did a study on does can a doe actually choose the buck, and uh, it was really cool how they did it. They would take I guess they would just take several bucks of all different sizes and i'm not going to get into full details but because they're much better at that than i am but uh basically what it boiled down to was the doe actually does have some say in what buck breeds her and and a lot of it had to do with uh rack size And, uh, like, I guess the doe could, she could kind of determine, okay, well, if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be the father of my children, then I want you to be in good health, I guess. So they could, I guess the does could kind of look at the buck and tell, okay, well, he's, he's got the body size, the, you know, he's body weight and his rack he looks healthy he looks like he's got genetics i i guess that's kind of the the mind frame that the does go through i don't know i'm i may be i may be trying to talk about something that i'm not qualified to talk about (laughs) well you're gonna spur me to check out the mississippi state uh deer block or deer uh, podcast now that's for sure oh man i'm gonna tell you everybody needs to check it out everybody should look at their stuff they i mean i know there's biologists everywhere but they're the only ones i know that are actually putting it out there for people to see but it's is it's pretty cool they got 
Facebook videos and stuff. And well, Ryan, I think uh, I guess we could go ahead and start wrapping this up. And uh, we've been talking a lot here, but I really enjoyed it, and uh, I think we. I think everything we talked about was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, you know, I hope I get to do it again sometime in in the future. Um, it, you know, deer hunting, believe it or not, or you know, for all the wives out there, deer hunting is a year-round sport. Um, oh yeah, it so is. So much to it talk is. about. Well, so much to do. Oh yeah, I mean, you could you could sit and talk for days. Uh, well, for me, it's. For me, hunting in general, not just deer, but hunting in general is year-round for me. My wife really, uh, my wife gets a little <laughs> aggravated with me sometimes because I turkey hunt and I, I, I'm, I, I don't even have words to describe how I feel about turkeys. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> so, other podcast or, or, or five. Yeah, yeah. 